If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Psalm and tell a very, very familiar Psalm. And it's Psalm 23. Just a couple of Sundays ago, Brother Larry Myers from Mexico Ministries came and he, he preached out of Psalm 23. But he honed in on, on, on one verse, which is a, was an awesome, uh, awesome message. Again, if you, if you wasn't here two Sundays ago, or if you're a guest here tonight and you, you, you don't come to this church and, 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 and I'll talk about it a little bit more later what he specifically, he preached an amazing message. This man is 81 years old, still doing missions. He's telling me and Pastor Todd he's going down to Dove Hunt in Argentina, uh, later this year. Me and Pastor Todd were trying to jump on that trip with him. I was like, man, you need somebody to carry your bags or your shotgun or something like that. 81 years old, still doing missions, still traveling the world, preaching. Hunting, just enjoying life still, but he preached an awesome message. But tonight, I'm going to read the whole psalm, and I'm going to look at a few points um, before we start baptizing. See, most of us are familiar with Psalm 23. Whether you've you've been a Christian a long time and you've studied this song, you've broken it down in the Hebrew and whatnot, or maybe you've just heard this psalm read in church or maybe at a funeral, and everybody in between. I know a lot of people, this is one of the most popular uh, chapters in the Bible. Uh, but I want to read it, and I want to look at it, uh, kind of an overview of it, and just pick a few things out of it tonight. Psalm 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is, is Lord God, still and always will be relevant for today. It's life-changing, life-giving, powerful, sharpening any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray that your your your, your life-giving word, your your, your living word that is, that's actively working in our lives today will continue, Lord, to speak to us. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to us, give us greater revelation of your word and who you are, and give us the grace to apply this to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. See, King David starts out by saying that he had all that he needed. And then he goes on to say that the Lord, his shepherd, was the one that provided all of these needs. Most translations, you know, we hear read, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I really like the way the New Living Translation says, which if you know me, you know the New Living is my favorite translation anyway. But he says, I have all that I need. And that's actually a more accurate translation. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. And then he goes on to begin to tell us how the Lord provides for those needs. You know, the Apostle Paul made a very similar statement in the book of Philippians. In Philippians 4, 9, later in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says, and this same God, or some translation says, and my God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. See, this verse says that all of our needs which the Lord will provide, and we know that he will. But King David lays out three areas of our life that the Lord provides for her through, through, for us through Psalm 23. And I want to look at those. I, I titled this message, the Lord or the, the shepherd. It's actually, I know Doug, I had some technical difficulties. It's actually the shepherd who provides because he calls the Lord his shepherd, uh, who provides. So there's three areas that David shows us the Lord provides. And, and number one, he provides for our everyday needs. He provides for our everyday needs. We see this in verses 2 and 3. It says this, He lets me rest in green meadows or green pastures. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. 
He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. You see, sheep eat and rest in pastures, and they drink from streams. So this is symbolic of the Lord providing. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. David was a shepherd. He understood. He's, he's using as symbolically that, that just as, that as I bring my sheep into green pastures so they can eat and when they're full, they lay down and rest. I bring them by still water so they can drink. He says, the Lord provides all of my needs. And it's true for us too. This speaks of our basic, basic everyday needs, physical needs like food, clothing, shelter for us, you know, finances, maybe a vehicle, maybe a job. You know, just talking to a brother earlier said that he's about to get laid off at the end of the month, believing that the Lord's going to provide the job that he needs. But you know, sheep will only drink from still water. So the shepherd seeks out peaceful streams for his flock. See, not only does the Lord provide for our physical needs, but of course he also provides our spiritual, mental, and emotional needs. I, I, I want you to catch this. There's a key to this. People say, well, man, the Lord doesn't, doesn't always provide these things for me. Maybe you're looking for a job right now. Maybe you're struggling financially. Maybe you've been having anxiety or maybe some depression and whatnot. But there's a key word in there that I think some people might miss of why they're, they're not getting the provision from the Lord. The Bible says that he will lead us into peaceful streams and pastures. See, he will lead us to peace and rest every day. But you must and I must be willing to be led. See, he didn't say that he's going to drop it in our lap. He said he will lead us into that and out of that. He will. And I believe he does give it to us. But you know what? Just like I said, we have to surrender. And I, I love when the Holy Spirit does that. As I'm just thinking about that last song they played, I surrender all. I li- with, with hands high and heart abandoned. See, when we surrender, we're saying, Lord, I'm willing for you to lead me wherever you want to lead me. So see, sometimes we say, man, I'm still struggling emotionally with, say, anxiety, fear, depression. But you know what? Are we allowing the Lord to lead us? Are we still dwelling on the problems? I've really been meditating on the scripture in Jeremiah that says uh, that uh, he will keep in perfect peace, or it's actually in Isaiah, he will keep in perfect peace those that trust him and whose thoughts are fixed on him. See, he guarantees peace right there, but there's two things we have to do. We have to trust him, and we got to fix our thoughts on him. If our thoughts are fixed on the problems, we'll never be in perfect peace. So I know that I'm confessing my sin before all of y'all tonight. When I'm not in peace, then I'm doing, I'm not doing one or two things according to the word of God. I'm not trusting the Lord or I'm fixing my thoughts on my problem. I'm not fixing or focusing my thoughts totally on the Lord, right? See, that's the provision. He will lead us into to peace. See, the Lord leads us for our benefit. You know, and, and, and again, I'm just be a little transparent with y'all tonight. So just recently, because of, of you know, um, some of it, a lot of y'all know what's going on with my mom, her own physical, uh, her, she's having phys- some physical, some health issues and, and whatnot. And, and just the season of ministry we're in right now, wild game cookout, I've gotten more responsibilities around the church and whatnot. I, I've been running at a, at a pretty, pretty, uh, a higher level of stress than, than I used to. How many of y'all that are married will know that, uh, know, that are married know that uh, your spouse will inform you of that as well, right? Uh, we, my wife and I just had a little uh, come to Jesus meeting the other night, and I was the one coming to Jesus, right? She did it very gently. She did it very nicely. But, you know, we were talking, and she's like, well, since you brought that up, you know, and she just, and I'm glad I receive it. I have other men. There's another pastor here on staff that that told me the same thing. He said, hey, man, you know, he 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 gently was like, you kind of running at a high level there, you know. So I was I was reading the scripture the other morning, and the Lord, uh, one of the scriptures uh, uh, in, in Jeremiah that said that he, he was, man, he was, uh, talking about all kind of 
judgment on Babylon and Israel and all kind of people, just like everybody would seem like they were getting destroyed. You ever have those, those times in your Bible where just like, man, God's just wiping everybody out today. You know, it's like, you know, I read it in like present tense, like, man, everybody, they're getting wiped out. And then like in the middle of that, I'm reading, I hear, but I will restore their rest again. And as I thought that, I was like, man, I could, you know, and I thought about in my, my level of stress that I've been under, that I, whatnot. And then the Lord led me and reminded me of Matthew chapter 11, 28, which a lot of us are familiar with too. I wasn't reading in Matthew. I was reading the Old Testament in the prophets. And as I thought about that, I was like, Lord, I need that rest inside of me. I didn't need physical rest. It was six o'clock in the morning. I just got up and was drinking my first cup of coffee and read my Bible. And I was like, Lord, I need that rest again. And the Lord, this quickened the scripture in me, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and what I will give you rest. So the Lord was reminding me just a couple of mornings ago, Brandon, if you're stressed out, if you're, if you're running at that kind of level, you need to come to me. You're trying to do it on your own. You're trying to take it on on your own. You're, you're not fixing your thoughts on me. You're not trusting me with all this stuff you got going on. And so I'm just, I'm just letting y'all know, like, that's where he leads us into that peace. He leads us into rest because there's always, he promises these things. But again, every promise in the Bible has a condition. So listen, if you have a, a regular everyday need, so to speak, whether it's emotional, mental, physical, relational, the Lord, he wants to lead you. That morning, he led me to that, through all that destruction, he led me to that one verse in Jeremiah. And then he, he reminded me of Matthew eleven twenty eight. Now look at verse three. He says this, Psalm 23, three, he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. See, the Lord's word and the Lord's presence renews our strength, right? How many of y'all know when I got those two words a couple mornings, that, that, just that in itself, I felt peace coming over me. I felt, okay, Lord, he, 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 he was renewing my strength, his presence. When we get in the presence of God and worship like we did tonight, come on, how many of y'all might have felt renewed just in your spirit? Like, man, I had a rough day. I had a, I was struggling, whatever. And, you know, but you just, it's like drinking from a, from a cold glass of water on a hot, South Louisiana summer day, right? The Lord guides his people by rescuing us from evil, bringing us back to himself. He also does this by caring, counseling, protecting, and instructing us in his wisdom. Now, I love this. I love this. The last part of this verse says, bringing honor to his name. Some translations say, for his namesake. Listen to this. Don't miss this part. The Lord's name guarantees his relationship with his people. Like he's, he given, he's given us a guarantee. Because of his namesakes, because it says bringing honor to his name. So he guards his reputation against any accusation of abandoning us, right? So when the enemy, basically in terms, when the enemy tries to say, where's God at now? Where's God? God has left you. He says, you know what? He guarantees it by the honor of his name, bringing honor to his name. He, he seals our relationship. He seals. He lets us know in another scripture in Psalms, again, King David writing, he says, even when my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. In other words, the Lord will never abandon me. So he provides our everyday needs. So you might have some kind of need that comes up every day. You know, it could be fear. It could be stress. It could be anxiety. It could be worry. Uh, it could be something like, man, I need a job. I, I need a, you know, I, my car is broken. It could be something like that. Listen, the Lord will lead you and provide everyday needs that you have. Amen. So he provides our everyday needs, but number two, he provides for our emergency needs. He provides our emergency needs. And, and what is this? That's the darkest valleys of life. Psalm 23, four. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And this is what brother Larry Myers preached on two Sundays ago. 
he preached on being in the darkest valleys. He camped out here and he preached on this and it was an awesome message. So I want to encourage you. I strongly suggest if you was not here, go to our website, go to our church app and check out Brother Larry Myers. He's talking about the, the darkest valleys of life. It surprised me. At 81 years old, he said he'd been preaching for what? I think 50 years or something like that. He said he had never preached out of Psalm 23 before. He said that was his first time two Sundays ago preaching on Psalm 23. And he preached on the darkest valleys of life. Listen, we all go through the valleys of life at some point, right? All of us. And he, if you hadn't listened to that message, he talks about the difference between, he's not talking about just a ditch. He's talking about a valley, like a deep, dark valley. Like, again, it's at the forefront of my mind. This family of this young man, they're going through a, a dark, deep valley right now. And, and, of course, I don't know the family, so I just begin, I was, I've been in contact with the uncle, and I just asked him, I said, man, you know, he took his own life, did, and just, and I told him, told him about my dad committing suicide, told him about my brother's, uh, you know, very tragic death at 33 years old, and so I said, man, I, I could relate somewhat, I don't know what it's like to lose a child, but, and was he, was there any signs, was he struggling, he said, man, he said, it was a shock to everybody, like, they, it's almost like they, they, they never saw it coming type thing, so it can't imagine the devastation this family is going through, that's a deep, dark valley, but the Lord promises to provide for us even in these there there this is an emergency right this is a life crisis and you might be going through one right now too you might have just recently lost a loved one again pastor kelly just told me that that's actually a close family friend of ours that we grew up in high school i was at their house man probably two or three years in a row you know this this girl my brother dated and, and so i knew this lady miss eddie that passed away very well you know my mom and her were good friends and and man, we spent a lot of time with them, and I'm just thinking about them as well. They, I don't know if it was, if she'd been having health issues or not. Pastor Kelly sent out the email, or no, she hadn't. Oh, it was a lung transplant, and there was complications from that, but they wasn't expecting her to pass. So, so that's a valley, right? That's a dark valley. You might be going through one of those too. I'm looking at Danny, just you know, a couple of couple of weeks ago, you know, uh, or last week, right? Her mom went to be with the Lord, and and um, you know, those those are valleys in life. We we all go through those. But the good news is that, you know what? The Lord promises to provide closeness and comfort through those valleys, right? In the deepest, darkest valley. See, the first part, he, he guaranteed by his name that he would ever abandon us before he talks about the, the deep, dark valleys of life. Because he knew that, you know, when we go through those valleys, when we're in the darkest places of our life, that's when we feel like God's abandoned us. But he says that King David understood and knew even when I walk through the darkest valley, these are the darkest pits of life where you can't see your way out. He, he promises closeness and comfort. He also says that he would protect us during this time. You see, a shepherd, you know, at the time, and even modern-day shepherds, they use his rod and staff to fend off danger. You know, many times I read that, like, he uses the rod and staff to protect me and comfort me, like, I'm doing bad, so he's going to spank me to make me do right. But no, that's not what it's saying. The staff and the rod was actually used to, to fend off predators. So when you know that you're in the deepest dark, see, sheep, when they're in a valley, in a dark valley, and the sun's coming up over the mountains, it casts shadows, and they, they, they think that it's predator. And there's actually, there can be predators that they can't see, but there's also all kind of a shadow. So they use the, the rod and the, the staff to fend off predators and, and, and things that are trying to devour them, and also the staff to pull them back close to them so to where they feel protected. The Lord does the same thing to us. You know, when you're in the deepest, darkest valleys of life, Sometimes that's when you're most vulnerable to the enemy. And the enemy will try to take you out, right? But he will protect us from the enemy while we're in the valley. And he also gives us hope, strength, and perseverance until we get out of the valley. You remember earlier it says that he will renew my strength. 
You, when you're in that deep, dark valley, man, sometimes the best thing you can have is hope. Matter of fact, I don't remember if Brother Larry said it on stage or when we went to eat lunch with the master, but he said, you know what? Sometimes you have to, all you got to have or all you need is hope until faith comes. Because sometimes you don't have faith in the valley, but you got to have hope. You hold on to hope until faith arrives. And when hope is saying, there's a way out. I can't see my way out of this valley. I can't see the light at the end of it. All I see is predators, things trying to devour me. It seems hopeless. It's dark. It's cold. It's wet. You know, the, the, you know but you got to have hope. In there, the Lord will give you hope, strength, and perseverance until we get out of it. So he provides our everyday needs. He provides our emergency needs. And number three, he also provides our eternal needs. He provides our eternal needs. Look at Psalm 23, 6. It says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Again, I love the way the New Living translates this, and I think it's more accurate. Some translations say, well, follow me all the days of my life. But really, that's more accurate. Did you know that God has been and always will be pursuing you with his goodness and unfailing love each and every day? It's not just following you. He's pursuing you. He's pursuing you. And that's what's awesome is that we can look back on those of us that have, have, have given our lives to Christ and we're born again. You can look back and say, man, the Lord was chasing me down back then. I see the Lord, I see the Lord drawing me. I see him, I see him pursuing me through all those times in my life when I should have been dead and, and I was doing all this kind of stuff. But the good news is when we give our lives to Christ, when we get born again, he don't stop pursuing us. It's a different level of love, right? Those of us that are married, especially us guys, you know, we pursued our women before we got married and then was wooing them and all that kind of stuff. But once we get married and now we have them, we shouldn't stop pursuing them. I know this is probably a sore subject right now with probably some ladies like, you know, I know we do sometimes, ladies, and we get caught up in, but we shouldn't. We should pursue our wives now that they're our wives with love in a whole different way, right? Right? Men, you can say amen there. I know I might be getting you in trouble, but. Amen. The Lord pursues us each and every day of our lives with his goodness and unfailing love. But it doesn't stop there. He says we can be with him forever and ever, even when this life ends. He said, I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Well, the only way to live forever with the Lord is to spend eternity with him. He wasn't talking about just forever at the end of this life. He said, I will live in the house of the Lord forever. David had a revelation of heaven. He had a revelation of eternity. He understood that when this life ends, I'm going to spend eternity with the Lord. That's why even when his son died and, and, and after his baby had died, uh, they, they asked him that he had prayed and fasted. He wouldn't eat. And he was wearing burlap and all this kind of stuff. Then when his son was sick and he was praying for him, when his, when this baby died at about a week old, he got up, he washed himself, he put on regular clothes and he started eating. And his servants came to King David and said, man, what are you doing? You, you, you didn't eat and you refused to eat and you mourn why the child was, was still alive. But now that he's, he's gone, you're eating. He said, well, I can't bring him back to me. He said, but I will go and see him one day. David had a revelation of heaven. And so when he says, I will live in the house of the Lord forever, he was talking about eternity. You see, these people, which they're, they're scattered out right here, everybody that's in a blue shirt. We have a lot of children that are getting baptized tonight. Some adults. See, they're getting baptized because these people have accepted the provision that the Lord's made for their eternity, and they want to make it public tonight. Amen? Isn't that a great thing? They're making it public. That Hey, listen, I've given my life to Christ, and I know I'm going to spend eternity with him. So my question to you is, are you ready for eternity? Have you been prepared? Have you, have you received the provision the Lord has made? Either in your everyday needs, maybe you're in an emergency need, and especially 
Are you prepared? Have you, have you received the Lord's provision for your eternal needs? Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me? And I want to pray through these. I want to pray through these three things before we start baptizing tonight. So we, we're going to have a little prayer time right here. Just right there in your pew. Do me a favor. Every head by every eye closed. I'm going to go through all, all, all three of these. And I just want to take this is this is the ministry time right here. We don't have much room at the altar tonight anyway. So this is the ministry time, right? Every head by every eye closed, please. Nobody looking up here. I just want you to focus on the Lord and just want you to do some, maybe some self-evaluation. Or You'll know, like as I was praying, and I purposely didn't pray for, for everybody out here tonight because I knew I would end it this way. Usually I say, hey, if you have a need, but I'm asking you right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. Do you have an everyday need? Do you have a basic need right now? You said, Brandon, there's something. I, it might be a physical, a financial. It might be a, a, you know, a job, a relationship need, something that, that I'm in need of right now. If that's you, just, I want you to just slip up your hand. Say, I, I have a basic everyday need right now. Okay. Every, there's a hands going up all over. Let's pray for these right now. And I, I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for every hand that's lifted right now. And I want you to pray with me. Father, every single hand going up, you see them, your sons, your daughters, Lord God, people that are reaching their hands up. Lord God, I know they're not just reaching their hands up physically, uh, Lord God, but it's, I know it's also in faith. They're reaching their hands up in faith saying, Lord, they need you. So whatever their need is right now, whatever, it may be a very basic need. It might be a very complex need, Lord God. It may be spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, relational, financial. It might be a health need. It might be, Lord God, a job need, Father. It might be, Lord God, just a, they need peace or they need rest. I pray tonight, Lord, I stand with my brothers and sisters and pray that you would provide that need that they have right now, Father God. This basic everyday need, I pray. I ask that you would help them, lead them, Lord. Lead them, show them where they need to go, what they need to do to receive this provision. Lord, I know, Father God, that you want to bless us and you are a perfect father. But Lord, sometimes, as I confessed earlier, we might be thinking upon the problem instead of fixing our thoughts and our eyes on you. So Lord, lead them to, the, to, the, to what they need to do to surrender, to get to the place where they prov you provide for them in Jesus' name. Go ahead and put your hands down for me if you don't mind. Now, maybe you have an emergency need right now. Maybe you're walking through a dark valley right now. The Lord wants to bring some closeness and some comfort to you. He wants to protect you and to give you hope and strength and perseverance until you get out of that valley. If you say, Brandon, I got an emergency. I'm walking through a valley right now. If that's you, I want you to just slip up your hand. Say, man, I'm walking through a valley right now. Yeah, I see a couple of hands going up. Say, I, I'm, I'm walking through a valley. Let's pray for these right now. Father, I pray for every single person with their hands raised. They, they're walking through a deep, dark valley, Lord. Lord, you said that even though we walk through the deepest, darkest valley, we don't have to fear that you are right there with us, Father God. That you said that you're, you, you would comfort us, you would be close to us. So I pray for every single person, Father, that has their hand up, that, that's going through a dark valley in their life, Lord. Like Andrew's family right now, Father God. Like, like Nick and Crystal's family and every hand raised right now. Father, we pray that you would be close to them, that you would comfort them, that you would protect them. Give them the grace, give them the stamina, the strength, and the endurance they need and give them the direction on how to get out of the valley, Father. I pray for an awesome breakthrough and provision in their life. In Jesus' name. Now, one more time, if you don't mind putting your hands down. You might have an eternal need in here tonight. Remember earlier I said that these people are about to get baptized because they've accepted the provision the Lord has made for them. If you don't mind, again, every head bowed, every eye closed. One, one more, and we, we, we're going we're gonna to pray and then start baptizing. What is that provision for eternity? It's Christ and him crucified. It's Jesus Christ given 
on our behalf to take the penalty and the price for our sins so that we can be free. So how do you live for eternity? There's one verse in the Bible that's the Bible in a nutshell. If there was one verse that can encompass the whole entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it'd be John 3.16. And it says, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Earlier in that chapter, it also says, believe on the Son of God so you can have eternal life or so you can live for eternity. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you might say, Brandon, I have an eternal need. Are, 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 are you prepared for eternity? If you would breathe your last tonight, if, if you would make it home, I'm not trying to scare you, but that's reality. Are you prepared? Would you live in the house of the Lord forever? Would you spend eternity with Jesus? Are you ready to meet your maker? You know right now, inside, I knew for years before I surrendered my life to Christ. That word believe means to trust. It means to trust him with your whole life, with your whole salvation, with this life and the life to come. So whatever head by every eye closed, you said, Brandon, I don't know tonight if I'm prepared for eternity. If I breathe my last, I don't know. I need to get right. I need to get ready for eternity. If that's you, I want you to slip up your hand. Say, man, I need to get prepared. I see your hand. See your hand over here too. Anybody else? Hands going up right here tomorrow. Anybody else? Hands up right here. Thank you, Jesus. See your hand in the back over here, ma'am. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Before we move on, I see your hand in the back, ma'am. By the sound booth. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone else? Say, man, I want to I want to make sure I'm prepared for eternity. See your hand over here. Come on, let's pray together. The Bible makes it clear. If you believe in your heart, which means to trust, and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. It also says to repent and turn from your sins. It means to turn away from our sinful life and turn to Jesus. So you can do that. It's simple. It's the, it's, it's, it's the faith of a child, Jesus said. So I want everybody to go ahead and let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving me. And I thank you for dying for me. Lord, I know that I've sinned. And I've asked that you forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for making a way that I can live life free from sin and free from bondage. Now, Lord Jesus, I make you my Lord and Savior. Give me the grace. Give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. And I'll be sure to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Come on, let's rejoice with these. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.